How's everybody doing? Is everybody recovered from Thanksgiving? How many still need a nap or a couple of naps? Yeah, the tryptophan is still running through the veins. Who went out uh, Black Friday shopping? Just no judgment. Just go ahead and raise your hands. That's okay. Wow. Well, I drove by the mall the other day and it was insane. I have to admit, um, I haven't been Black Friday shopping in a long time, but just full disclosure, when I did, this was before I was married, before we had kids, the only reason I went Black Friday shopping was for myself. I'm just going to be totally honest with you. The clothing deals, I was up at 4 a.m. to go shopping to be generous to me, right? But I've learned since then. I remember uh, several years back, I hurt my knee, and so I was laid up for Thanksgiving and the whole Christmas season, and I discovered this magical thing. Have you guys heard of this? It's called online shopping. Is anybody... I was like, what is, I don't have to leave, I could be in my jammies, like I don't have to do anything. And so this was years ago, this was before I really fell in love with Amazon. And now I have Amazon Prime. And so if I even think I want something, the doorbell rings. And there's, there's an, we haven't reached this yet, but in a couple years, we're going to get to the place where you can order something, you can click online or on your phone, and within two to four hours, it could be at your doorstep. Now, that is terrifying on one hand, but it's also beautiful. And so we think of someone, Jeff Bezos, the CEO, the founder, president of Amazon, they said something like he's, his net worth is estimated at $156 billion. I can't count Anywhere near, like I just can't wrap my head around. They said he is the richest person in human history by modern standards. And so we, we like these kinds of stories in this country because we have something, our, our chief export here probably in America is something called the American dream. It's that if you work hard enough, if you try hard enough, if you dedicate yourself to the work, you can start from scratch and build an empire. And the story of Amazon, if you're not familiar, it, it takes place, it starts in a garage. Jeff Bezos moves his wife across the country, their wife and their small dog, and they start this company out of a garage. And he's selling books out of a garage. And now... He is selling everything at all times. Somebody in this room right now is scrolling Amazon. Don't look around. Don't, there's no shame. It's okay. It's totally fine. But this idea of self-made is enticing. It's beautiful. It's this idea that anyone in this room, anyone watching online could get an idea. And if they work hard enough on their own, they can do anything. And I want to just say that is the most beautiful lie I've ever heard. Because the truth of the matter is, and, and stay with me for a moment, there's really no such thing as self-made. There is something to work ethic. There is something to this idea that if you work hard and dedicate yourself, results will follow. In many cases, that is absolutely true. But the real deal is that there is no such thing as self-made. Every single one of us stands on the shoulders of someone who has gone before. We would not be able to participate in what we're participating in right now if it weren't for the work and inventions of other people. Even Jeff Bezos himself, when he was starting his company, his parents put in over $100,000. 
And to launch Amazon as a company, he was able to raise up to a million dollars from outside investors. So yes, he worked hard. He scratched. And and we can debate whether or not we would consider his life a success. But he did not get where he is without the help of other people. Even if you trace it back farther than that, he had teachers and mentors and parents. People that he knew and people that he could not tell you their name, but they had an impact and an influence in his life. And every single one of us, if we follow the threads in our lives, will point to the help and the love and the benefit of other people. We've benefited from people that we know that are dear and near to us, and we've benefited from complete and utter strangers. But there is no such thing as self-made. So this morning, I want to encourage us to follow the threads in our life, because I think gratefulness is the result of paying attention. And we're in a season right now where we're focused on being thankful, on being grateful. And so we're at prime time to be able to lean in a little bit to this concept. Uh, I think about a scripture, uh, the Apostle Paul writing these letters, and one of them, he writes to a dear friend, a co-worker, someone that he calls in the scriptures, he calls a son in the faith. It's somebody who's so close that he feels like it's his own child, even though he never had children. A man by the name of Timothy, someone who was so close to his life. And this is what he writes in the beginning of a letter to his dear friend. He says in 2 Timothy 1, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience. As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. How many would like to have someone in your life who constantly remembers you in their prayers? Talk about closeness. Talk about love. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of, listen, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you. Paul writes to someone that he would lay his life down for. Someone who he marvels at their faith. He took the time to write a letter and do everything he can to get it to this man, to let him know how much he cares about him. And he's praising him essentially for his great faith. But he's wise enough to know that it did not start in him. He traced back this lineage of faith to his mother. And then he traced it back even farther to his grandmother. Wherever we find ourselves, whatever goodness pours out of our lives, yes, there's some thing that we can attribute to ourselves, but we are also the outflow of other people's input. I'm thinking of uh, a few weeks ago, we were at a funeral for my wife's grandmother. And as the family members begin to get up and tell stories and share memories of the, the love that they're now feeling the loss of, One of her daughters got up and thanked her mother for teaching her how to sew. And it's something that might seem small, it might seem a passing thing. Yeah, many of us know how to sew, but it hit me in that moment. I started to to follow the thread of that statement. And here's what I found. My daughters, who are now four years old, clutch with their precious little lives, these little blankets that they carry everywhere they go. 
I'm convinced that at high school graduation, they're going to tuck it in their robe. At 30 years old, I'm going to find them just sniffing this blanket. They, they love these blankets. And they just cram them into their face. And they'll probably drag them through the mud. And it is probably a cesspool of disgusting bacteria. But if it'll get them to stop crying. No, I, so they love these blankets. <laughs> They love these blankets and they hold them dear. And here's the thing. The lady who stood up and said, I thank my mom for teaching me to sew. Their great aunt Paula is the one who made those blankets for them. So my four-year-old daughters will never remember great-grandmother. They won't have the benefit of hearing any of her stories They'll only be able to remember what she looks like through pictures, but they stand in benefit of a gift that was given, not even directly to them, but to someone before them. And if every single one of us in our lives can stop and trace the threads of all the blessings and the benefits that we have, we will find at the end of those threads other people. Their great-grandmother had no idea that when she taught her daughter to sew, that she would then turn around and sew something for my daughters that they hold so near and dear. One of the keys to gratefulness is paying attention to the threads. Uh, this is a silly story, but it, it's uh, so every morning, my daily routine to get ready, one of the things I will not leave the house without doing is putting lotion on my elbows. Okay, my, my hair fell out prematurely. I have probably more wrinkles than I should at this point, but I promise you I have the prettiest elbows you will ever see in your entire life. And you're sitting here wondering why we're talking about elbows at church. And I will tell you, because my mom always told us, make sure you put lotion on those elbows. So my mom passed away four years ago. And I don't always think about her in big moments. She doesn't always pop into my head for things that most people probably think about their parents. But every single morning, every single day when I open that cabinet and put lotion on my elbows, I think fondly of my mom. And in the time, in that moment, I probably rolled my eyes. I don't care about my elbows. But I stand in benefit of something that someone else did on my behalf. And so all of us have these threads that are obvious. We have these threads that we can recall. You're thinking right now of parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins and friends and mentors and former employees. But there's also the things that happen all around us all the time that we don't always pay attention to. On my commute to work every day, I hit this roundabout at Cooley Lake Road. And at the end of this roundabout, there's a house. And right in their front lawn stand at all times five penguins. Not real penguins, because that would be weird. But these are statues. And through the seasons, whether it's for the weather or for the seasons, the person in this home dresses these penguins. So right now, if you drive up to these penguins, there are little scarves tied around their neck. So for weeks, for months even, I would drive by this house. And I'm going to be honest with you. The first couple of times, the first maybe ten times, I just kind of was like, these people have way too much time on their hands. <laughs> like, how do they have, why do, like penguins? That's your thing? But one time, probably months down the line of passing this roundabout and seeing these penguins, they got it outfitted for summer. And every penguin was holding a fishing pole. 
And the one on the end had a fishing pole with a shoe hanging off of the end of it. And this is what happened. I smiled. A stranger who I will probably never meet. I will probably never know their name unless I become that guy who pulls into the driveway and knocks on their door crying, you don't know what you've done for me. But if I don't do that, this person has gone out of their way to just potentially, maybe just possibly make someone smile. And I stand in the benefit of the gift of a person who didn't do it for pay. I've never seen a news team reporting live from the Penguin. Like nobody has ever stopped. As far as I know, they'll probably never make it into a book. But right here in Wald Lake, Michigan, someone is on stage telling a story. And and there's people watching online. And who knows how stories like this kind of spread from somebody who just did something generous without expecting anything in return. And I guarantee you, if you stop right now and start pulling the threads, you'll find that all through your life. The other day, it was my birthday. And you can hold the applause. But it was my birthday. And I'm just... Like the other day, oh, no, no, come on. Stop. Stop, guys. It's embarrassing. So the other day, oh, no, we won't. We don't have time for that. There's people watching online. That, okay, so, and somebody here at this church, Tony Casanova, rolls down his window, and he says, hey, happy birthday. I said, oh, thank you. And he says, I have something for you. And I walk to his window, and he hands me this rock. And it's a rock, and you probably won't be able to see it, but it's painted to look like a dog. Somebody noticed that in this weird shape of this rock over time, that it looked like it has a little mouth, so they painted a mouth, and they put the eyes here, and they put the little nose, and they painted it. And on the back it says, post a pic on LSL Rocks. And it says, keep me or hide me. And you've probably seen these rocks pop up in neighborhoods or in storefronts. I've seen them here in the front of the church. I've seen these rocks. And this is just something somebody did that many people, most people are going to walk by and never think of. But for the one person who stops and picks it up, it makes an impact. And I just want to pause to say this. You will be a more grateful person if you can stop to notice the threads all around you, the little goodness, how many ever just feel like giving up on humanity? Anybody? And then little things like this, just for a moment, give us hope. But here's the thing. If you're someone who feels like you're doing work, maybe you're at your job, maybe you're a parent, maybe you're a grandparent, maybe you're taking care of someone else's children, maybe you are doing work day in and day out and you have no idea if it's doing any good. You feel like you're wasting your time. You feel like it's not giving an impact. You feel like, why am I even here? What am I even doing with my life? Maybe the person will drive by your gift a hundred times before they stop and smile once. But keep doing what you're doing because it matters. The only difference between somebody in here who's just a schlepper or a worker and an artist, the only difference between the two is the intention that you bring to what it is that you're doing. And if you are able to stop and see that what you do at work day in and day out 
no matter how menial or rote it seems, is a gift that someone else will benefit from. If you'll stop and do that, I promise you, your life will be richer. And if you can stop and every day start to notice the things, the gifts that are being poured into your life, you'll be a richer person for it. Last Thanksgiving, I talked about coffee. And I said, notice all that has to conspire for you to get a cup of coffee here if you come in on Sunday morning. All the work that had to go into it, the process of the beans and everything. And I won't go through that again, but I recently came across an interview where somebody wrote an entire book on being thankful. It's called Thanks a Thousand. And the way this author tackled his desire to be a more grateful person is he took one thing, his morning cup of coffee, and he said, I'm going to do my best to thank every person who had a hand in my cup of coffee. So this man literally boarded planes and trains and automobiles going around. He went to miners who mine the iron that makes the steel that went into his coffee maker. He got on a plane and flew to Columbia to thank the farmers who, who grew the plants that would eventually become his coffee cup. He went to the water sanitation department to thank them for the clean water that he's able to use to make his coffee. Is everybody in this room going to do anything that ridiculous? No. But what if we all stopped for one second to think about how we benefit on a daily basis from the small gifts of other people? What we'll start to realize is that even though we often live in silos in our own mind, every single one of us is connected. Every single one of us is connected to each other. And it's a beautiful gift. And the only real result that can happen from paying that close attention is you become a more grateful person. You become a kinder person. You become a more generous person. A more loving person. So ask you this morning, where are the threads in your own life? Can you spot them? Some of them aren't so obvious. Some of them aren't in your face. Everybody right now in this room, if I told you to pull out your phone and call somebody who's important to you, assuming they're still around, you could do that. But what about the subtle things? The little hidden thank yous that you could give to people around you every single day. There's a passage in the the book of Hebrews and the writer is encouraging a church. And he says this, or she says this, and let us Consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. This is the challenge he issued or she issued to a church. What if we conspired to spur one another on to good deeds? Now this word is interesting. The word spur here, uh, a better way to say it is stirring up. And this word, this Greek word only occurs once. In the New Testament, it's hard to pronounce and you won't remember it anyways. But here's what it means. Stimulation, provocation, and irritation. Now that's a strange word to use in a positive context. To irritate. To provoke. But I think it's so interesting if we lean in a little bit. Because think about what happens when you actually get in and around other people. Yes, the benefit of sitting in a room full of others, even strangers, because we are wired for connection is a beautiful thing. But there's something that happens when we allow ourselves to just be a little irritated. When something stirs us up a little bit. 
It challenges us to go deeper. One of the ways you can know if you're a patient person is to be around somebody who's a slightly irritating, right? Everybody's amazing if they're telling you how great you are, but one person criticizes you. What? Think about this. You could get a thousand compliments on your hair today. I won't, but you could get a thousand. Somebody just got that in the back. Um, you could get a thousand compliments on your hair, and you're like, oh my gosh, thank you. One person comes up and goes, did you cut your hair? And instantly, all those compliments, they fade into the distance, right? Because we can get stirred up and irritated by people. But there's something that happens. Because when we get around people who aren't like us, who don't think like us, who don't believe like us, who are slightly different than us, if we play it right, and if we're willing to do the work, it can challenge our prejudice, it can challenge the the ways that we're short-sighted, and it can actually stir us up to be better people. We should provoke one another to good works and into good deeds. Uh, we're doing this thing that's called the Gift Away as a church. And we're helping this organization called Lighthouse. And they're going to have many people giving bikes and toys and coats and hats this year. The one thing that they asked for, the one thing that they really need is they said, look, one of the biggest line items on our budget is basic amenities like toilet paper. And because we're stretched so thin, we can only give out, we have to ration out toilet paper. So what if this group of people in Wald Lake, decided that we were going to conspire to help a basic need. It's not not cool. Nobody likes to go to the store. I'm buying toilet paper for someone else. The cashier's like, okay, that's weird. But but what are we doing? We're conspiring together for love and for good. And that can only happen in community. Because we all need to be nudged from time to time. Raise your hand if you need to be nudged a little bit. Raise your hand if you kind of forget what we're all doing here sometimes. We all need to be rubbed a little bit the wrong way. We all need to be kind of rustled awake sometimes. And that's what a community can be for us. The next verse says this. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. I used to hear sermons about this verse. And it was really, to be honest with you, it was a sermon disguised, well actually it was, a, it was a guilt trip disguised as a sermon to get everybody to attend church. You need to be at church when the doors are open. I want to say, there is, as far as I'm aware, there is no score key in heaven. There's no chart with gold stars if you make every Sunday of a given month. Does it matter? That's, that's not the thing. That's not the focus. But there is something that's lost when we don't connect. There is something that's lost when we try to do life alone. So one of the ways we can get away from that is by gathering together. Now, we all stand to benefit from technology. So most of us in this room have watched things online or we've streamed services here online. And that's great. And that's good. And maybe you live far away. And you don't have a church home. And so that's your recourse. That's the only thing you can do. That's amazing. But just know that it's not a substitute for actually being with other people. Social media and technology can be a great gift to us, but it can also hinder us because we can get in our own silos and we can get lost in our own selves. And actually, in the not too distant future, there's going to be a time when we really don't have to leave the house for anything. Right? You can get your groceries delivered to your house. You could 
take a job if it works out where you can work remotely from home. You can have food from a restaurant or from McDonald's delivered right to your front door. So theoretically speaking, most of us could not leave the house, not see another human being for weeks at a time. And sometimes that sounds like a great idea. Truth of the matter is we need connection. And one of the ways to be a more connected, one of the ways to be a more generous, a, a more loving person is to get in and around community. And that's what we're doing this morning. So I know sometimes we think we're hearing good music and, and on other Sundays hearing good sermons, but what we... But um, I did not want that many laughs, but that's okay. Um, that was strange. Uh, oddly judgmental. But what we are actually doing here is stirring each other up to love and to good works and to kindness and to generosity and to hope and to strength. And I'm encouraging everybody here to start following the threads of people in your life. In the 12-step in the world, one of the things that people are challenged to do is to write down lists of people who have throughout their lives harmed them. Write down the hurt, write down who did it, write down what they did, and then write down your response to it. Did you have a hand in it? Do you have any responsibility or were you just a victim of circumstance? And to write down these things. And this is a way of catharsis to deal with our pain and our hurt. And it's actually a very helpful process. A lot of us would actually benefit from writing down our hurts. Really, because we can embody them and we can hide them and we can kind of tuck them in so deep. But if we can let them out on paper and begin to write them down, there's, there's a healing that can take place. But I want to also say that what if we took some time to sketch out the people who are there for us? The teachers and the mentors and the parents and the parents of other people and the friends. Or what about the strangers? The person who let you on the expressway, the, the person who poured your morning coffee, the server who brought a meal to you, the, the, just the bare minimum. If we started to follow these threads, our worlds would open up. We'd have new opportunities. We'd have new light. Spur one another on to good deeds. I want to I tell you this. We are always stirring and we are always being stirred. There's no other option. Whether we realize it or not, we are always stirring and we are always being stirred. Everybody has that person that you work with or you used to work with or you know that as soon as they walk in the room, the oxygen leaves. And you know it's going to be negative Nancy or negative Norm. And you know you should probably just leave the space before you roll your eyes and they notice. And you can just tell that there's a vibe that shifts. That person is stirring up negativity. We, we all know people, and maybe we've been people, who you know when you get around, there's going to be gossip, and there's going to be, did you hear, and did you know? And have you heard about this, and what do you think about this? And this can happen in church world and under the guise of a prayer request. 
oh, would you pray for so-and-so? They did this, 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 this. And it has nothing to do with prayer. It's just I want to tell you about their problems. That person is stirring up something. We are always being stirred. The culture is stirring us up to certain things, to negativity and to doubt and to fear in many ways. And, and sometimes we can be the person who's stirring up the negativity and the doubt and the fear. But we have an option to stir up goodness. And to stir up kindness and positivity. And instead of saying the negative thing, we can make the choice to say the positive thing. And one day, here's what's going to happen. Somebody's going to remember that nice thing you said that one time that first went in one ear and out the other. And then life bumped into them. And then they thought back to what you said and it really resonated. And you're going to get a card. You're going to get a note. You're going to get a text. Or you're going to get a face-to-face. Somebody just saying, thank you for what you said that day. And it might have just came out of your mouth and you never thought about it again. But we are all connected whether we like it or not. So I ask you this morning, what are you stirring And who around you is stirring? And maybe we need to let go of some of these things and pick up something better, more loving, more open, more kind, more generous. We're all connected. I'm reminded of this quote from Emma Lazarus. She says, until we are all free, we are none of us free. There's those around us who are hurting, those around us who are marginalized, those around us who are pushed to the fringes and to the edges, and we don't always feel the pain of that. But if we become more connected and we become more caring and more open and we start to look at the threads, we'll notice someone else hurting and we'll say, I do not want to accept the hurting of other people. It's easy for me to see my child hurting and run to my child's aid because that's my kid. But when I see someone else's child hurting, does my heart open? Does my heart go out? But are we not all God's children? And are we not all deserving of love and kindness 